0: Live from the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets biblical Christianity face-to-face. We praise the true and living God for allowing us to participate in this ministry. May he be with you and us tonight. Quickly, some tickets are available to our first two callers. It is to uh, 10th Avenue North, who will be playing at the Christian Life Center On October 18th, that's a Thursday. It's this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. We are giving away four general admission tickets to the first caller or a pair of gold tickets to that first caller. Second caller will get the one that's remaining. So uh, give us a call at 801-973-TV20, and you could be sitting there with the gold packet or the general admission to see 10th Avenue North on Thursday, October 18th, 7 p.m. In 1 Samuel eight six seven, 7, we read about the children of Israel coming to the prophet Samuel and saying, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Over the past few weeks, we have more and more witness believers in this country crying, give us a king to rule over us. For years, television show host John Ankerberg has devoted numerous uh, programs to um, addressing Mormonism and their uh, fallacious doctrine. Recently, his website does all it can to tell visitors to elect a Mormon king. Additionally, the greatest evangelist our nation has ever seen uh, after Billy Sunday, uh, Billy Graham, came out and told his supporters to vote an active, faithful Mormon into the most powerful office in the land. And after saying this, they scrubbed uh, their uh, Billy Graham's website of all previous references of Mormonism being a cult, backing away completely from that stance they had long taken. I can't help but believe that these actions prove that we, too, will go to any length to have someone save us other than our true king. And that we have rejected him, that he should not reign over us. So God have mercy on us all, even the wimps who live in fear and turn their uh, brains in to elect a Latter-day Saint into public office. Tonight, we are going to have our second installation of Christopher Namelka, a man who claims to have produced the sealed portion of Joseph Smith's Golden Plates. Many of you have written in strongly suggesting that we have nothing more to do with Namelka, who wants to be known as Christopher, by the way. Uh, Apparently, he has uh, offended some of you. And some of you, uh, again, have said you will never watch the program again. Uh, We'll miss you. Uh, but you've missed the point and benefit of having a man like Christopher Namaka on the program. Years ago, when we were called to serve the true and living God here in Utah, I knew that there were, some, there were two imperatives that we had to stand on. First, I knew that we had to stand on the Bible as being God's revealed word to man and the source by which we measure all things that come to us no matter what comes our way, this stance is non-negotiable. Why? Because the Bible stands up to legitimate scrutiny. It's based in reality. God didn't have it pop out of one single man's mind in one single sitting over the course of a few months. It was forged in real history, written by real people with real problems, who really sinned in real languages, on real subjects, and they prophesied about hundreds and hundreds of things which have all been fulfilled relative to where they have been prophetically pointed. The prophecy angle alone and the impossibility for numerous writers spread out over 1500 years to collude on content places the Bible on a level unsurpassed by any other book or philosophy in existence. As a result, Every imaginable attempt has been made to challenge it, mock it, legitimize it, even replace it. Why? Remove the yardstick by which we measure all things, and anything and everything is subject to manipulation. And since men love to control other men and women, the first thing they need to do is replace God's word with their own ideologies. Communism did it. Scientology did it. Secular humanism does it. And to a certain extent, so do almost every cult uh, that comes out and says, can't trust the Bible. So we knew when we started a ministry that it it would be important to defend the word of God as the source by which we measure all truth. The second stance we knew we would have to take in this ministry was to relentlessly challenge epistemology now that's a big word and really all it means is how men and women determine what is true how what is our epistemology by what means do we know what is true and what is false where God has provided us his word again in terms of real time and and real places and Participants, religious charlatans have long sought to undermine it with ideas and claims that cannot be substantiated by any measurement at all, other than feelings, impressions, dreams, uh, teleology, and uh, mesmerism, essentially. So, last week on this very program, we had the opportunity, the opportunity. To actually see, hear, observe, and witness a self-proclaimed special messenger of new religious truths as he employed the very same tactics used over and over again by men and women women, out to gain a following. In a little while, we are going to deconstruct Mr. Namalka and his methods and show how they are both highly unoriginal as they mirror everything Joseph Smith did, which may have been his intent in the first place, But worst of all, they are incapable of providing anybody with true peace, joy, hope, and or love, which is available only by and through a relationship to the true and living God, even Jesus Christ. It's important to realize a couple things relative to what we have witnessed and will witness tonight from Christopher. As I said, he is but the fruit of what Joseph Smith did before him, only he and his product are far more corrupt where Smith tweaked almost everything about biblical Christianity in his supposed restored gospel, he did try and retain elements of Christianity in order to attract Bible-believing Christian into his newfangled ideas. Being far removed from this original tree, Namelka has taken Smith's myths and pushed them far, far, far away from the cross. But whether people miss the cross by an inch or a light year, they've missed the cross. How badly has he strayed off Mormonism's already crooked course? Here comes quotes from Namelka from last week. He said, God is simply a human being's self-reality. These are quotes. He said, there is no God but merely advanced beings from other solar systems. He said, there is nobody out there except yourself. He said, Lucifer, we could talk about that name and we will someday. Lucifer is simply mortal human nature. That's all Lucifer is. He said, the Bible is myth. He said, the only answers we ever get, no matter who we are praying to, is from ourselves. And he pulled from Joseph Smith's temple uh, ritual right film to support this idea and at about this point I stopped and I p- looked at the audience I said let me tell you something Christopher is teaching things that are absolutely contrary to the Bible and he said that's exactly right he threw that in and then he went on and ridiculed the authenticity of the Word of God then after besmirching the Bible the guy actually looked in the camera and he said all I'm saying is read the sealed portion, a book written from thin air, from mythical foundations, a book that cannot be proven true or false, a book that teaches things contrary to the Bible. And like Smith, he appeals to people reading it as uh, he mirrors Smith's methods. First, he attempted to say the Bible cannot be trusted. Joseph Smith did this. Second, he said that he has provided the world with a book that can be trusted. Smith did that. Later, he said his version of Jesus, and he said that Jesus is an ecumenical being who is nothing more than a governor of the solar system. Uh, uh, Joseph Smith redefined the Lord as being a created being, our elder brother, and a spirit sibling of Satan. Namelka then derided uh, the little Christians who read their little Bible out there, which is uh, something Mormonism has long done. And then in an attempt to somehow compare his truth claims against biblical Christianity, he asked the audience to look at me and my demeanor toward him and compare it to his handsome, smiling, calm face. Mormonism continues to do the same thing with itself and other Christian churches saying, see, look at us. We are so calm and nice and look at the rest of the world finally after redefining god denying the biblical christ ridiculing the bible and presenting his book as the ultimate source of truth christopher looked at the audience and like gollum of lord of the rings pathetically uttered christ would never treat me like sean has treated me appealing to the lord and savior To serve his own purposes while in reality denying the Lord and Savior and his book at the same time. Of course, Mormonism does this too. We're now going to give Christopher a solid 15 minutes of fame that he looks for. And ask him to share what the real truth is about this sealed portion. While he speaks, I want to ask every Latter-day Saint. And this is the reason we have Christopher on the program. Is what makes the Melchizedek claims one bit different uh, than those of Joseph's? And how do you determine his are false, but Joseph's are true? Christopher. Does he need a mic? He's got it. All right.
1: Got it from a pulpit what appropriate place now I'm going to your camera right well first of all I, I really have to give Sean a platitude of, of thanks and appreciation at least he would allow someone like me on his show on a Christian network where people have a, a great belief in the Bible to, to come out and, and what, I, what didn't come out last week is the purpose for which I came on his show in the first place, and that was, Sean has a knack, bless his heart, in the way that he, uh, in the way that he, presents his information to people, to come out and just take information that he's, he's received. Well, I don't know how he's received a lot of it, but a, a while ago he he received a newspaper, the Salt Lake City Weekly. On the front of that newspaper was my face, uh, Ida Smith's face, a headstone and uh, there was uh, a subjective article under that that pretty much said a lot of lies, a lot of things that aren't true. And with that, Sean read that and began to spout to his people, to his followers on this show, many of the things, many of the facts that simply aren't true. So my challenge to him was to allow me on the show to pretty much fix the record, and he did. He allowed me that. He's he's allowed me the opportunity to come on this show and tell you a few things, uh, facts, truth about who I am and what the marvelous work and the wonder is and the sealed portion, which, uh, in the same sense, is going to help people understand Joseph Smith uh, better. Because what do you have? What do you have about Joseph Smith that you people are looking at? You have negative comments. There's affidavits ad nauseum that exist in this world. There's testimonies of enemies and critics, a plethora of them, annotated and filed away, that, that speak ill of him. But where's he at? Do we really do that as a race of human beings? Are we really? Have we lowered ourselves to a point where we listen to something about another person? and when it fits into our opinion of that person, we accept it for truth. Is that what we're doing now? Are we judging? Judging people? Measuring them? Getting angry with them because they don't believe like we do? That's pretty much what's going on here. And as long as Sean has me on here, and he treats me with respect and decorum, I'm here to stand up for Joseph Smith. I can stand up for myself very well. But if he has something to say, and if he doesn't want to bring up the sealed portion, And me, I can't really tell him not to bring up Joseph Smith because he's not alive. But there's a book without disclosing my true identity. It's the official and authorized biography of the Mormon prophet Joseph Smith, Jr. Those are the facts. You read the book, you can smirk all you want, but you read the book, you're going to find things in there that you've never known before. Things of real truth, I'm going to give you a real brief one. This idea that Joseph Smith was a polygamist, and he believed in polygamy. This is all centered on Doctrine and Covenants 132. People think that scripture's been around since Joseph Smith's time. It was not. Didn't even exist in the canon of the Doctrine and Covenants in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints till in the 1870s. Brigham Young put it back in there, and he had the scribe who had listened to Joseph and and written some of the things down come to in his journal come to Brigham and say let's put this together they convoluted the whole thing the whole purpose of Joseph's interpolating that certain revelation into the church was to protect women protect them from all the men that wanted to take them and you'll learn that if you just get the real facts now the point is I understand where Sean's coming from last week I he asked me what motivated him and I said Well, possibly money, because you sell things. And I don't really think that's the case. I think Sean McCraney and many of you who are here today who listen to Sean are hurt. You're greatly, greatly hurt because many of you were in the LDS church for many, many years. You feel like you've wasted your life, that they don't offer you anything, that they've lied to you in some degree. And now because of this hurt, it's a propensity of males to react with their ego and to try to create a value of something that they can counter the hurt that they feel. I feel like Sean is trying to do that for you folks, to help you to understand how corrupt the LDS Church is. And he's using the Bible to do that. But I'm gonna take you to the Bible because that's gonna segue right into what the seal portion is. Now folks, come on. You gotta take this book right here and with common sense, common sense, You have to try to convince a normal, logical person out in that world who doesn't have an emotional attraction to this what good this book's done. All it's perpetuated ever since its inception is hate. Millions and millions of people have died because of the Bible, because of the beliefs. Today the anger, the the scorning, the spewing of hate that goes on out there by those who say I do not hate, I do not spurn others, I love them but I'm gonna call them a fool, I'm gonna say they're gonna go to hell, I'm gonna tell them that they're not doing what's right. What's that? Judgment. The whole purpose of all this religious jargon has been since the beginning in this culture, this Hebrew culture which turned into a Christian culture, developing a city called Jerusalem. And then in Joseph's time what did he want to do? Establish a new Jerusalem. But now you got to understand what that word means. Does anybody understand what that word means? Not Sean. He gets a chance. You know what the word means? It means peace. The establishment of peace among human beings. How much peace do we have when when we got Sean saying, this Bible is the infallible word of God, and Christopher is trying to deceive us and corrupt it? Yeah. You see? What is he and calling it a myth. What kind of peace is there? Now, there isn't, and there never has been. You go back through the history of time, the Bible has never created any peace among the people of this earth. They've completely disavowed the words of Jesus based on these few things. Love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you and persecute you and despitefully use you. Don't get angry. Don't judge another person. What happened to that? The born-again Christians and you that go out there and you testify and tell people it's Jesus, period. What happened to that part of Christ's words? What happened to the peace that we as human beings share in common? We can. We don't need to believe the same way, but we can learn to treat each other good. And that's exactly what Christ tried to teach. All the sealed portion is this. I'll use your words so that you understand them correctly. God intervened in our lives, in our lives upon this earth, so that we had a chance, another chance, to start using the Bible correctly. And that the way he did that was bringing about the Book of Mormon. If you understood the Book of Mormon and you really read it, it is an extraordinary book. It teaches morals and values, but culminates in the teachings of Christ. They're the most important thing. That's all Joseph Smith wanted the people to do, is simply go by the teachings of Christ that he took from the King James Version and put in the Book of Mormon. I explained that last, last week. Simply that we treat each other good. That's what it's all about. I, you'll never hear me disparage or condescend to Sean ever or anyone else, you will not. Sean made a mention that some of my writings on my blog seem harsh because I'm not telling them. When you see me in person, you'll see I'm not a harsh man. I, this came up before as Sean talked about Christ talking to the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, woe unto you, you children of hell. Now he did it in a mean tone, but this is how he would have said it because I would say it to Sean, say, Sean, woe unto you. You're a scribe because you understand your scripture, so you think. You're a Pharisee because you have this ideology taken from your interpretation that you think everybody else should ascribe to. And you're proselyting these things throughout the world. And you're making people a worse child of hell than you are because you're taking away their peace. It's confrontational. It's not peaceful. And many, many, many things that Mr. Sean McCraney expounds across his pulpit and on his weekly show are simply not true. You can't just say there's an affidavit that says this and that. There's all kinds of affidavits out there. There's all kinds of testimonies from enemies, from people who don't like you. Folks, we've got to use our common sense. When we're trying to find real truth, we have to use our common sense An attempt to bring the human side of our natures in. Why can't we love each other and sit down in commonality and maybe agree to disagree? But I'm telling you right now, as a true messenger, not as a self-proclaimed one, I was called by the men, the people who oversee this world, to be this true messenger. And that's where the listeners of this show and others will have to try to determine for themselves because it's going to come down to one thing. If the Bible is the infallible Word of God in all of its forms, and it's that book that we should look to, the book that has caused more problems than anything, any other literature in the entire world, if it's that true, then Christopher Namelka obviously was visited by an angel of light called Lucifer, was called to be his servant and gave him incredible intelligence so he could do things. Because what have I done? All you have to do is read the books, which are for free. Nothing is sold in The Marvelous Work and the Wonder. You find out that the entire book of Revelation has been unfolded, described. There's been no critic, no scholar, no pundit, who has been able to discount that book and the symbolism. What do I have? Furthermore the LDS Temple Endowment. Not, there's not a Mormon out there that knows anything about the LDS Temple Endowment and symbolism. Not a leader, nobody did since Joseph Smith. Yet I do and when a logical person reads these books, that book's called Sacred Not Secret, a, the official guide to understanding the Temple Endowment. So when I said last week all you gotta do is read the sealed portion, it's like you telling your people out there all you gotta do is read the Bible. But I'm telling you this, it doesn't matter if you read the sealed portion or any of these works or call me a charlatan or an evil man or come up with all these ridiculous things that Sean comes up with all the time. The fact is, it isn't going to change the message. In order for you to understand the message, and if you have lost your faith in God, that he wouldn't do something for this world because this book has completely caused what? No peace on earth, none but discord and anger. Okay? You know how, much you, how angry you get at times. You get angry about what I'm saying. I, I saw it last, last week. As many of you who listen to this, you became angry. Some wrote in. Because I'm challenging your, 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 the veracity of the Bible? Yes, I am. The Bible is not what you think it is. If it is the infallible word of God, then I am wrong. If it is not, it is the most corrupt form of literature that human philosophers have ever, ever mingled in with their ideas and beliefs to create something that does nothing more than create hate. The marvelous work in the wonder and the things that I represent create love. We're not gonna go after anybody, we don't proselyte, we don't tell anybody they're wrong. I put out the information. The information pretty much says you're wrong, but we're not soliciting it. I'm not a missionary. There's no cult. And when you say there's a following, there isn't a following, because I don't lead people anywhere. I put out information. And I'm the only man on this earth that has the authorization to do that, evidenced by the books of the marvelous work and a wonder. If you have any desire to know those things, and you can listen to Sean ad nauseum about the stuff he throws out to attack my character, why not you try to figure out what the work represents, what it means. But if you're stuck in this Bible, it's not gonna happen. If your head and heart and mind is stuck in that Bible, not only do you not understand it, because I could take you in there to show you where you shouldn't be stuck in this Bible, you're never gonna open your mind to that truth. And you'll, you're, for your entire life, you'll need antidepressants, you'll need alcohol, You'll need things that help you to have your peace, but I guarantee you there's been hundreds and hundreds of people that have found the marvelous work in a wonder, whose lives have been affected and changed in ways that they never imagined. Thank you.. Okay. Am I, the help, help the I don't think so.
0: I think uh could have hired uh an actor to present uh the mind and spirit the zeitgeist of joseph smith and mormonism better than christopher namelka this has been a tremendous opportunity if i didn't know god i could have been moved by what he had to say certainly there has not been peace Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. He said it himself. Why? Because the truth hurts. And so people battle over it. The world will never be at peace, and people who promulgate and suggest that they have the source or the way to bring peace uh, are liars. They always have been. They've existed since the beginning of time. But before we get into how to decide or see what Christopher Namelka did, Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we need you, always need you, as we are in flesh and we struggle with the things of this world. Lord, you told us that there would be false prophets, men in sheep's clothing, who are uh, inwardly uh, ravening wolves. We pray that you will help us by virtue of your spirit open our eyes. We pray for Christopher and Amelka. We pray collectively that his pride will fall, his uh, heart against you and the word will be broken, and he will come to you. We pray that all of his followers will do the same and understand that you and you alone are the only source of salvation and that your word is true and sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray, Lord, for your spirit as we ne- of discernment On anybody who is seeking freedom and to be at peace, Lord, we know they'll suffer, but freedom and at peace through you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. I've already asked the LDS how to explain Christopher's claim are less true than Joseph Smith's, um, and that's up to you to decide and call in either tonight or in the future. I want you to go to www.mrm.org. I want you to go to uh, Google and type in Christopher Nemalka, N E L, N E M, E, L K A. Any anything on Christopher Nemalka, you'll be able to see and validate so much of what we're going to do tonight. How should a Christian, even a non-believer possibly, determine whether Nemalka speaks truth or not? Of course, Christians compare what he says with the Bible. And I would also examine how a person actually describes themselves. When we come up with someone who says, I have this that is outside of biblical authority, that is superior to the Bible, I would first look at what do they say about themselves? What did Joseph Smith say about himself? In the beginning of the sealed portion, and by the way, I sent Christopher uh, an email, and I said, please, just discuss the sealed portion and what it is in the 15 minutes that we're giving you, uh, which we pay for. Uh, but Christopher didn't really say anything about it, did he? Just like last week when we asked him about particulars, he said nothing about it. Uh, but, so any case, but, so we don't really know any more about it, but I'm going to tell you some things. Uh, in uh, many newspapers and articles uh, and in the sealed portion at the beginning, Christopher admits to deception. Uh, He also says he is a man called as, quote, translator and revelator of the world. SP means sealed portion. He calls himself the last prophet of the latter days. He says he is the second prophet since Joseph Smith. He also pulled a huge publicity stunt claiming he has assumed the identity of a reincarnated Hiram Smith, Joseph's brother. Nemelka told me personally that there was not a man alive who knew the Bible, the Book of Mormon, or Joseph Smith better than himself. The apple does not fall far from the tree, as Joseph Smith said of himself in Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith: "I am learned and know more than all the whole world put together." Even the ever familiar, I have more to boast of than ever any man had. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days of Adam. Neither Paul, John, Peter, nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. The followers of Jesus ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints have never ran away from me yet. Just examples of the arrogance and pride at the heart of Smith and his predest- and his, uh uh, his follower, uh, Mr. Namelka. We might then look at the personal life of men like Christopher Namelka to determine the, the, the validity of his extra-biblical message. In this, I have to make something very clear. Understand this. In Christianity, a believer's job, a pastor's job, an evangelist's job is to always take people and get them to focus on Christ, never on themselves. Always only on Christ. The reason that we do this is because we as men know we're sinners, we're failures, and we are only strong in and through our faith in him. But when the outside world embraces a man's philosophy and considers his teachings and insights worthy of allegiance, that man, that man within his person has to show he is worthy of trust. Just like to Christians, Christ shows he is worthy of trust, while the preachers and pastors and teachers do not. And if you're in a Christian community where the pastor is saying, look to me, you're in the wrong thing. We've talked about that many times. Christians can trust Christianity because Christianity uh, is or ought to be founded on the teachings and life of Christ alone. To trust in the teachings of Joseph Smith or Namelka, we must be able to trust in the character of Of these men. So was Joseph Smith worthy of our trust? We have spent hundreds of shows showing you no. He was not. Like Smith, Namelka has had numerous wives. Namelka talks about love. We just need to love and love and love and love. And yet when you look into his personal life, I find the absolute opposite. He's had, according to him, four wives to this point in his life. To which he added today on the phone to me, marriage means nothing to me. When I don't want the one I'm with, I just go to another. I said, "Do you, have you ever committed adultery? Never. Really? In all your life, you've never committed adultery? No, I haven't. Because marriage means nothing to me. Commitment means little to this man, as we examine his personal life. So, And then I said, have you ever practiced polygamy? And he did. He said he admitted he had. He had three wives at one time through polygamy. But he has since abandoned that practice, saying that it's not right. Uh, but he claims that he has never had affairs the way other men do. I've had interviews with women who have stated for the record that Christopher convinced them that spiritual marriage is created through the act of intercourse. Such women consider themselves his wife before... Uh, 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 such women considered themselves his wife um, through this consummating action he has fathered nine children the court records prove he spent about a year in prison maybe more or less for refusing to support them financially this is love that christopher talks about the bible of course teaches that men should abandon their families and wives And because abolish marriage and just go to whoever you want. The Bible says, you know, you know the quote, the man who does not provide for his family is a man of God, right? But you see, the Bible is what Chris attacks, and yet his own personal life is filled, filled with all kinds of these anti love behaviors. We have to look at him to see if his philosophy is trustworthy, like we look at Christ to know his philosophy is trustworthy. In light of all this, Mr. Namelka told this, uh, one of these women, who has uh, supplied us with affidavits, and which will come forward, told this woman that once, he became her, uh, once she became his spiritual wife, he needed to have God test his uh, penchant for jealousy. And so men were going to come to her and they were going to uh, be with her in the biblical way so that he could test his jealousy. And over the course of a a period of time, many, many men who we've also talked to were uh, actually paying sometimes Christopher Namelka to go to this woman and be with her in the biblical sense. No, but this is a man who preaches love, love and the peace that comes with following him and his magnificent worldview. The reason I'm not on the stage with him is because of the disdain I had, and I had this information with me last week before he appeared. It's very difficult to stand in the uh, the same place with a man who is a religious charlatan who preys upon people for their money and for their, their, uh, just like the Mormon church, for their women he doesn't support the children those are facts let's talk about
1: the facts
0: joseph smith when he had many many women said quote what a thing it is for a man to be accused of committing adultery and having seven wives when i can only find one i am the same man as innocent as I was 14 years ago, and I can prove them all perjurers. I imagine we would sear the same thing from Mr. Namelka, that we are all liars. He is completely innocent. Namelka denies any such activity and inferred that I may be guilty of legal action and that I may reveal too much. Finally, after examining what a religious leader says about themselves and their personal lives, I think I would look at their actual writings and see what they convey. Since the Malca didn't tell us anything about the sealed portion, why don't you let me do it? To begin, where the Book of Mormon calls itself Another Testament of Jesus Christ, which title was added to their book in the 1980s by the LDS Church, Numelka says in the uh, sealed portion of the record that the book includes all things which God shall reveal— And therefore, it shall be the greatest source of scripture that have ever been given to the world. And then we come to the actual content. And we have to remember last week, Namelka said he used the Urim and Thummim. And from those, it came the words. Now, he has a whole bunch of different versions on this. But because he admits that he deceives people for their benefit, that we're not only not sure how it happened, but he said on the show last week that he actually translated by placing the Urim and Thummim on there. So we would have to think that the book shouldn't contain error. But in, S- but in SP 5941, it says Passover was the day in which all the firstborn among the children of Israel were destroyed by an angel of God. Christopher, the children of Israel weren't destroyed by the angel of God. The firstborn children of the Egyptians were. Urim and Thummim? Perfect book, greatest book in the history of the world. SP 45.7 says it was the custom of the Jews was to father and choose a husband for his daughters. The custom was for the father to choose a wife for his sons, Christopher. Again, Christopher. SP 25.79 says the brother of Jared was not a direct descendant of Noah. Where did he come from? How did he get here on earth if he didn't, wasn't a direct descendant of Noah? SP2 says animals have sex to reproduce offspring. We have sex for enjoyment only. Maybe you do, Christopher. Uh, But I think kids uh, are part of the equation. SP1756 says that within a woman is the power by which she may create only one child at a time. So she has the power to squint and just make sure she only produces one child rather than two, according to Christopher's most marvelous work and A Wonder. SP 730 says the sun and stars receive their the moon and stars receive their light from the sun. The stars do. SP 368, 58, and 61 says, God doth not speak to man through the written word. That was convenient. SP 3960 uh, instructs the reader to follow Christopher. Surprise. Like the Book of Mormon, there are literary guffaws and illogical phrases in the sealed portion, like empirically invisible. Oh, what does that mean? Unknowingly find there shall be no exceptions except until I hear I d- and or do not hear. This is in the book. Until I hear and or do not hear and expect an answer or lack of an answer. Truly. An inspired book. And where Joseph Smith made Jesus a created being sired by a father in a body of skin and bone. And our spiritual brother, Namelka, like every other antichrist, goes beyond the pale to create another Lord entirely. Listen to this garbage from the sealed portion of what he says about Jesus. You ready? Jesus is dishonest. He does not present himself as true. SP 5369. Jesus is misleading. He commands others to lie and not tell the truth. SP 155 and SP 154. Jesus is deceptive. He winks at deception by conspiracy. SP 472425. Jesus is cruel. He is the cause of people stumbling. SP 3596. Jesus is lawless. He is the cause of contention and confusion. Contention is spelled wrong. SP 5913. Jesus is treasonous. He sent unto the Gentiles, SP 5187, not only to the Jews, SP 5189. Jesus is unreliable. His constant countenance fluctuates, SP 5123. Jesus is cowardly. He hides as fear of arrest, SP 59, 3, 4, and 5. Jesus is underhanded. He ordains women in secret, SP 6043, for fear of persecution, SP 5- 619, and commands others to do the same. Jesus is duplicitous. With his wife Mary as to the time of his whereabouts. SP 5973. Jesus is preferential. He favors his disciples over his wife, allowing them, but not her, to touch him at a shared interval. SP sixty, thirty-six forty-three. Jesus is uh I can't read that one. Jesus is hostile. He engages in condemning others, 46, 16, 54, 26, as does the Father. Jesus is abusive. He abases others, SP 37, 20. Jesus is detrimental. He places stumbling blocks in his brother's way, SP 3588. Jesus is inconsistent. He performs ordinations, yet sorroweth in the formation of any organized form of religion where men are called upon to perform in the offices and appendages of the priesthood, SP SP 912. Jesus is misleading. He sends out his apostles to teach love and nothing else, SP 6042. Jesus teaches that sodomy is superior to love between a man and a woman. And it is done in the kingdom of our Father, SP 3982. Jesus is adulterous. Why, sealed in marriage to one woman, SP 4546, he lends himself out to other women, SP 4547, for the sake of carnality, SP 4553. Jesus is uh, impossible to cr- procreate, SP 4542. It goes on and talks about many other things I'm not gonna cover them all mortal beings lived and died before the arrival of Adam and Eve SP 7 4 through 5 satisfying the lust of the flesh is paramount to discovering who you really are SP 99 homosexuality is permitted by the Lord and is not contrary to his commandments SP 39 introduction Two apostles performed sodomy in the presence of the Lord and he called it love SP 39 82 family units are not part of the lord's gospel you know when when Namelka told me about not uh, believing in marriage i knew he was pulling a joseph smith the double tap dance when it came to his adulterous affairs there are no males or females in parts of heaven sp 510 neither are as premortal spirits sp 1150 nor resurrected beings all spirits are without gender you choose your own gender at birth you cannot uh, you can choose resurrection or not boy, these are insightful things. The Bible is so horrible. I just can't even believe how terrible it is compared to this miraculous this miraculous discovery from the, from the mind and heart of this magnificent man. In the millennium, people can do whatever the hell they want because of the reign of the Lord and the disillusion of the laws of men. Prayers, are bless- bless- prayers of blessings over the food are forbidden because the food is already blessed, SP 1196. Our prayers are not heard by the Father, nor are they heard by the Son, SP 844. Satan hears and answers prayers, SP 1514. Lucifer has the power of the Father, SP 4435. Satan is a revelator, SP 1578. Satan is a provider of happiness, Christopher. I pointed that out to you last week, you idiot. SP 833. Satan's plan can bring happiness and joy, Christopher. I pointed that out to you last week on the air, remember? It's in your own scripture, Christopher, you phony. SP 31.5, Satan is a teacher of the things of the father, SP 1572. Satan's plan is glorious. There is glory in the plan of Lucifer, SP 3111. Satan gives power, SP 4843. Satan gives strength, SP 4843. Satan gives wisdom, SP 1570. Satan causes time, SP 2514. Satan has the power to procreate. Lucifer became incarnate, SP 1524. He impregnated Eve, SP 1536. Before the fall, SP 1558 with her first son, SP 162. Eve conspires with her first son to hide the things from Adam. Eve's first son prays unto Satan for guidance and blessing. Leaders of the church are servants of Satan. Finally, I agree with you. I think we're done. I think we've nailed the coffin shut on the man who stood here and demeaned the Bible who was no different than the man Joseph Smith or any other religious charlatan who comes along in this day and age And says, you can't trust it. It's no good. It's a myth. And then has the audacity to say, read my books. Because I am so inspired and so magnificent and so well read. But the point remains, the heart of the matter is this. Latter-day Saints, what makes Namaelka any different from the non-biblical teachings of your founder? That's what we want to know. Let's open up the phone lines, eight zero one nine seven three tv 20 801 8820 Another website on the screen, chrisnamelka.com. Go look at his, uh, uh, the shots of him in jail. Go look at him. Oh, he'll play that off as you know he is so lowly, but it, it, it doesn't go along with what he presented here. So check all that out. Look at the facts. Use research. And if you follow this man, we challenge you. To to step away and see what you're involved in. Einstein said, when you're in the midst of a problem, you cannot understand it. You have to step back and away from it and look at it from the outside to really see what you're involved in. That's what happens with most Latter-day Saints. They're so involved doing everything within the church, they cannot see the forest for the trees. And it takes them to say, you know, I'm going to take a little break. The bishop says, no breaks, no breaks. Step out. See what God is saying and showing you so that you can be led by him and him alone. Not me. Test and challenge every single thing I say. Every single thing. Go to the Bible and say, God, I don't understand this passage. He wants that. He will show you. He's shown every single Christian I know that he is there. He is true. He is living. He sent his son, Emmanuel, who is God with us to save us from our wretched state. Nobody in between him and you. Nobody. Go to him. Go to him directly and free yourself from the bondage of Mormonism and charlatans like this. Carly and Roy, first-time caller LDS, you're on Heart of the Matter, Carly. Hi, Sean. Hello.
2: Um, I originally had a question for uh, Chris, but I don't think you're standing next to him right now, huh?
0: Thank God, no. <laughs>
2: well, um, hey, first of all, I, I, I wanted to wait, say, say it. When uh, to that the Bible oh. has brought nothing but anger... And hatred, I agree, you know, I have to agree with that. Um, I I just about three months ago, I became a Christian myself. I got rid of the LDS faith, and I have moved on to a better life. I was in an abusive relationship and everything. But you know, I have gotten nothing but hatred for doing that. That's because it's right.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right.
2: Things that are right are, are going to be fought, and people are going to hate you for saying it because this isn't our world; it's Satan's world.
0: Exactly. Well put, Carly. Good insights. And I hope Christopher is able to hear them. I, I hope I,
2: you know, I hope that he hasn't put any seeds of doubt. I kind of hope he has, but people can go and test God, like you say, because if they ask, He will show you.
0: Okay, and, and He has shown you. Yes. Yes. Several times tonight, more than ever. Praise God, Carly. Thank you for watching and for your call. Thank you. Bye. 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 Listen, I want to say something. I know you don't believe it. Uh, I I have no animus toward that man. I have great disdain for what he does. If he was broke down on the side of the road, I'd help him. I'd give him money. I'd let him. I'd let him do anything as far as it was safe. I don't know if I'd let him get near my wife, but I would certainly let him. uh, I, I would certainly help him in any way I could what you do is you misinterpret passion and and just knowing the word of god and hearing this filth it's 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 directed at him i'm not going to i'm not going to explain it away and say i'm sorry i'm not i'll stand before my maker he knows the heart and he knows the heart of the man that was speaking here before me so if you think that i'm too passionate turn the freaking channel because i'm going to speak how it is and we're going to go after things as they are and it's out of love and it's out of concern for Christopher's well-being and all the people who follow him and all those people trapped in Mormonism and every other religious system. That's why we're passionate. It's why we do what we do. All right. Let's go to John in Georgia. John, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yes, sir. You're on the air, John. you got to turn your TV down. Yeah, it's off. Um, I was wondering if I get your
2: explanation of Galatians chapter 5, verse
0: 18. Oh, boy. Let's see. I can try. Uh, as I've always said on this uh, show, I am not a scholar. I have to research everything I do in order to understand things. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. 18. 18. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Well, that I think I can address. Um, John, are you on there? Yes. The law was given to the children of Israel as a guide for God's chosen people and as a nation. Never Peter says in Acts has any man been able to be justified by obedience to the law. And this is why. If I hold up commandments to you, if this is the Ten Commandments and I hold them up to you, you're gonna look at them and you're gonna react in one of three ways. You're going to say I obey all of those. I'm really good. And you're going to look at your neighbor and judge them. And you're going to uh, think they are not doing what they should. Okay, So you're going to become proud. The law will make you proud. You're going to look at it, and you're going to say, I don't want to do any of those things. They're ridiculous. So the law is going to make you rebellious. And you're going to say, forget God, and forget all these stupid commandments. I can't live them, so I'm going to fight against them. Or you're going to crack and say, I can't keep any of them. I'm just, I'm just, there's no way I can keep. I'm not, I'm not able. I'm too weak. Okay. That's the best response because what it does is it opens up Jesus who kept the law perfectly for you and for you to look to him and say, save me, Lord. I can't do it on my own. And that's what the law was in place for, to lead people to Christ as a schoolmaster. Like a teacher, hitting the, hitting the law and saying, you got to obey this, you got to do that. And you're going to respond in one of those three ways. So when you're free from the law, you are free from condemning others and being proud. You're freed from rebellion. And you're freed from saying, I give up, I might as well just shoot heroin. You are then saved by him, and you walk in and through his righteousness and his love, and through that comes freedom. Does that help? Okay, but doesn't the law come through the written word? The law comes through the written word, absolutely. But Jesus said a new law I give you, that you should love one another, a new commandment. Okay, the old one was written in stone. The new one should be written on the heart. And so where the old one, we still have a law, but it's the law of love. It's the law of faith. That's what Christians follow. It's not law written in stone. And that is what Paul is referring to there in Ephesians. Law written in stone. The thou shalt why th- I need to, well
1: why do I need to follow the word the written word then? In the Bible.
0: Why do you need to follow the written word? Because the written word, once Jesus came, teaches love. It teaches compassion. It's not laws written in stone. It's laws written on the heart. The Holy Spirit speaks to you through the written word. That's what it is. Okay. Well, thank you for answering that for me. Well, I'm not sure I did, but it's okay. Uh, some people will get it, some won't, but in time, maybe you will. All right? Hey, Have a good evening. All right, you too. We're going to Justin in Calif. Oh, we're out of time. So tell Justin we're sorry. Let me tell you something. It's happened since, since the written word was coming out. There, there, there have been people who have always tried to usurp its presence in people's lives. They will always try. And you have to be able to say, how can we know truth? Do we just listen to them, look at their handsome face, see what kind of in, in tantalizing messages they give me? It makes me feel good, therefore I'll follow them. That's why we said two weeks ago, you don't follow teleological uh, uh, um, uh, principles, you uh, you follow uh, uh, principles that are based on what the God says. Teleological are results-based. That's what Christopher's preaching. He wants to bring world peace. It's not going to happen. But we follow what God says, come hell or high water, and trust in him. That is when you're living. That is when you are God's. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter.